bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. For your latest Pembrokeshire news, I'm Jonathan Tweed. Currently a pensioner in the county cannot use their bus pass for journeys when visiting family or friends in England, which has led to Conservative Priscilla Pembrokeshire parliamentary candidate for the Conservative Party, Stephen Crabb, to call on ministers in Cardiff and Westminster to work together to make OAP bus passes valid on either side of the border, shortly before the dissolving of Parliament. Anyone over the age of 60 is entitled to a concessionary bus pass, yet those issued in Wales cannot be used in England, and vice versa, when he can't believe that this is a difficult problem to solve between the transport departments of Welsh Labour Government and the UK Government, stating it seems pointless bureaucracy. Following a submission by Greenlink Interconnector Limited of a marine licence application, public consultation has begun over plans to place an underwater electricity cable between Pembrokeshire and Ireland, which will connect the electricity grid of Great Britain and Ireland. Stakeholders are being encouraged to provide comments on the application via Natural Resources Wales before January 8th next year, which is one of Europe's most important energy infrastructure projects and brings benefits on both sides of the IDC for energy security, jobs and the cost-effective integration of low-carbon energy. The application does not include any requirement for construction work on the beach or on the dunes at Freshwater West, where the interconnected cables come ashore. Two years as Tenby St. and Club's Commodore, Nathan Spiller's farewell gift will be a new defibrillator to be housed at Tenby Harbour, purchased from money raised by Quiznight, which also raised over £870 for the RNLI. As from next month, children and adults who want to use a drone in the county will need to pass a 20-question online theory test or register as an operator, regulators the Civil Aviation Authority have announced. Non-compliance may see users face fines of up to £1,000 if they fly the device without passing the test to show they can do so safely and legally. And by encouraging responsible drone use to ensure a collision between an aircraft and a drone is avoided, each model will be given a unique ID once the operator has been registered and approved. Swansea City Manager Steve Cooper will be attending a fans forum this week at Haverford West Rugby Football Club, organised by the Pembrokeshire Jack Supporters Club. The evening is a sellout with the current manager accompanied by Chairman Trevor Birch and Club Ambassador Leon Britton, who will answer questions from the attendees through Compare Jonathan Twig. Organiser Phil Busby stated this is the first hop fans of the club have had to speak directly with the club officials for many years, many of those attending being regular travellers on the supporters bus which collects fans from around the county for each home game, and those wishing to join the Pembrokeshire Jacks can do so by contacting Phil either at Manila's Cafe in Nayland or by calling 0780 With your local sports, I'm George Twig. Halfordus County returned to Championship South action at the Bridge Meadows on Saturday, beating Clantwick Major 2-1. Ben Fawcett put the Bluebirds 1-0 up at half-time, a lead they held until seven minutes from time. Manager Wayne Jones bravely changed his formation and veteran substitute Tim Hicks flipped on a late free kick for Jack Wilson, a schoolmate of Fawcett at Milford Haven School to score a winner. Manager Jones spoke to Pure Radio Sports post-match when asked just how important the result was. 
Yeah, I think it was all about the result today, John. In all honesty, we knew um, some of the top teams had um, six-pointer games, so it was vital home game, get three points. Job done on that aspect, you know, a few things to work on, but delighted, absolutely delighted. Who's up next for the Bluebirds? Uh, we play Friday night, John, uh, home to Britain Ferry, which is obviously yet again another big game. They're on a good run. You know, we've got to win our home games if we want to be looking at honours, and that's what we'll be planning to do. Half seven kick-off yet on the bridge, so like you said, it'd be great to see the local support here again, and... Uh, Hopefully, we get a good three points on the board. I'm Jonathan Twig, and you're up to date with all your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are under when you're down, when you're strange. Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange
And that was Echo and the Bunny Men there with people are strange. Hello and good evening and welcome to Healthy Minds, Healthy Lives here with me, Bram and Hector. Say hello. Hello, Bram. Good evening, and everybody. Tracy. Hello, Bram. How are you? I'm very well. I good. will introduce you a little bit more formally in a minute. First okay. of all, I would like to start off the evening by saying a very big apologies for last time around. I was very, very poorly, and I do apologise that we had to postpone the show. Uh, I will just give a small warning to everyone listening that tonight's topic on Healthy Minds, Healthy Lives, with myself and Hector and Tracy as our guest, uh, is going to be suicide, uh, moreover survivors of bereavement by suicide so this is a topic which i know is going to affect quite a lot of you out there and if you feel that you can't listen i'm just giving you a bit of a warning that we might be getting onto things which might be very close to the bone a little bit bring back a little bit hurtful memories so if you're something you can't do i suggest you turn over now on the more positive note though we would welcome any interactions from anyone who feels they want to or would like to share with us this is what the show has always been about it's about you guys out there and how you get to deal with things like suicide stress and other mental health issues so we have Hector here as always good evening Hector how are you I'm very well thank you Bram yeah I'm very good sorry about uh, the last show that we weren't able to broadcast but uh, nah, that's my Bram, bad. Bram was not well and uh, much better now can I just add to something you were saying in a kind of uh, warning if you like about the show <laughs> one of the other things I've noticed about suicide is that some people are actually quite scared to talk about it I agree. It's a it's a subject that maybe it's more familiar to us uh, and and Tracy because of the kind of work we've done and our own personal experiences. But for many people, it's something that they might kind of tend to to shy away from from having a conversation Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but <coughs> moving on from from that. Uh, so as Bram was saying, this evening's show we're going to be talking about suicide, and um, Tracy's very kindly come in to talk to us about her own personal experience and I think Bram's going to do a proper introduction in a, in a second. <laughs> uh, just to kind of reiterate what Bram was saying that please we always welcome people's comments or questions through the Facebook page so please do join in, do interact, anything you want to kind of share with us and if you want it done anonymously we're quite happy to do that as, as well to protect people's privacy as always we can thank you very much Hector so you can you can email us if you do want to share anything and the email address is studio at purestradio.com that is studio at purestradio.com obviously the easiest and quickest way to do things in this modern era is uh, Facebook if you jump onto Facebook put purest radio in our page would come up so now Tracy welcome again welcome to the show Ooh. it's lovely to see you thank you very much for um, coming in and Tracy is the what are you officially manager the manager mm -hmm. the manager of patch uh, pembrokeshire's amazing <laughs> charity for people less fortunate than ourselves thank you very much for coming in i've come not as patch though I've no come no as that, tracy that is today. true sorry that was very bad of me wasn't no, it's it fine. it's kind of like tracy inverted commas patch yeah people that's, do associate yeah so i do apologize but, you but have, that's you've, fine you've come on your own um you come as tracy today i have how's your leg knee my knee it's oh brilliant um yeah. i had an operation six weeks ago back at work oh, no. officially and it's just wonderful should you be back at work or are you doing yes it? i phoned my doctor and okay. asked them to let me so i'm insured and everything so it's good all right brilliant <laughs> i'm just going to go and sort the facebook page out i'll hand over to you hector okay brilliant thank you very much and as and uh, once again thank you to tracy for coming in this evening so uh my understanding is that um tracy you'd heard what we were going to be talking about this evening and kind mm -hmm. of contacted bram 
and you wanted to come in and share your experiences of um, kind of uh, suicide and surviving hmm. suicide. Is that would that be fair yeah, to say? Yeah, I mean, I've known Bram for a while, okay. and so it's something suicide very close to my heart about 25 years ago I made a almost successful attempt right. and I thank God that I wasn't successful um, and now through my work we you know I work with quite a few people with mental health mm-hmm. um, issues and I can show them there is light at the end of the tunnel that right. you don't have to try to commit suicide if you talk to people and offload and that's the biggest thing yeah. offload onto yeah. someone and sharing with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's part of me, that, and I hope this doesn't sound patronising, kind of saying, I think it's really brave to come in and talk about this because for some people it would be something that they might not want to share or they might not want to talk about or share in public. So I, I hope that doesn't sound patronising. No, I'm not just at kind all. of acknowledging where we're at with this. Some of our survivors are really happy mm-hmm. to talk about it to help others um and as you say some people just don't want anyone to ever know and it's what works for people okay you know whatever's best and it's interesting the language we use isn't it around (laughs) suicide because you know i've just kind of noticed that sometimes people say it was successful and i kind of think that i don't even get Mm. that you know well it it kind of the person didn't survive but I, i don't know yeah, because I always From, said, I failed at this, and I'm so glad I failed at yeah. it. So, yeah, that is really odd, I just, actually. I've mean, been thinking about it before the show, and then some one of us mentioned it earlier, and I was thinking, successful, but maybe for the people who who, who are close to that person and who are still with us, it might not be considered no. successful. No, certainly not for people left. And, you know, sometimes I think what I could have done to my mum and dad and... Mm-hmm. And my children, yes. more so, and, and friends and family. I think it affected them that I made the attempt. Um, so if it had worked, then I don't know where they'd be now. Yeah, so. yeah. But I really genuinely thought they everyone would be better off without me. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for the people mm-hmm. that I was wanting to leave because, you know, I worked it all out that everyone would be better without Tracy around mm-hmm. um, and it took a long time I mean I'm, I'm 56 now and I've only just started thinking yeah you're right Tracy you're not as yeah, bad as yeah. you thought it takes taken me a long time to get here but it happens it works and you know I'm an example that you can recover from depression yeah. um, it was really severe depression not just a suicide attempt but the fact that I was in a psychiatric hospital for five months. Um, I was a qualified nurse in the same group hospitals, but I would have been sectioned if I hadn't been a nurse, mm-hmm. um, which really annoys me now I think about it because, uh, you know, the healthcare should be more understanding of mental health, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes it's the exact opposite, I'm afraid. Yeah, there's an interesting irony there that in some ways to protect your career, they, they don't mm. section you because you would have been sectioned under the Mental Health Act uh, and that might have damaged your career yeah. as a nurse. But at the same time, we are supposed to be a society that's open and, uh, you know, not to be not to be ashamed of kind of mental health issues. Mm. And there's a, I think a we're contradiction changing, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely improving. I mean, I remember once when I was nursing, there was absolutely nothing to do. You know, we'd done all the ward cleaning and everything. That was in the days when you had quiet times. 
and I wanted to talk to this lady that had she had drunk bleach and all sorts mm. oh it was horrible and I got told off for talking to her wow. I don't think that would well they wouldn't have time to talk yeah. to you now on a general ward but I don't think that would ever happen now uh, yeah and that's interesting because you were just saying of your experience that one of the most helpful things was actually just talking to people yeah. And kind of still doing that now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's interesting, you, you were saying that at the time, uh, and we're okay to talk about this, are we? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. So at the time, there was that, you were kind of thinking in that way that actually everybody would be better off without yeah. you. And I, I, that's quite a common thing that people have said to me who have either contemplated or, or attempted suicide that I've worked with over the years that one of the things they think about is actually all these people in the world will be kind of better off without me and that's mm. where their yeah. their kind of I generally thought were. I was such a horrible person mm -hmm. that what benefit have I got to mm. society um, and you know I was so depressed as well and I think well I had to be depressed to have that weird way of thinking yeah absolutely I guess that kind of depressive way of thinking that that's yeah it becomes mm. a bit kind of but it's not true. Yeah. Anyone thinking like that, it's not true. Everyone's worth something. Mm, Everyone's absolutely. got something that they can give. Yeah. And and I th I'm, I'm assuming, and I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm assuming that part of the kind of reason for you wanting to come in and sort of share your story tonight is to kind of instill some hope for people. Absolutely. Who, so, you know, if people are uh, in that place at the moment and who are listening or who know people who are listening, that that sense of hope that actually there there is a future yeah and a, and a fulfilling future i think yeah yeah that I mean, to say? my my passion's obviously poverty but it's close to that is mental health and so many of our volunteers have poor mental health mm -hmm. and um i think that's because we all understand each other and we can offload and we can laugh about things we were saying earlier you get a weird sort of humor when mm -hmm. you've been in that dark place um and they come and they give to people and just by giving you receive so yes. much and you feel that you're wanted you're needed mm -hmm. and you're worthy worthwhile mm -hmm. um and that can be life changing well it has been life changing for so many of our volunteers yeah. um it's really important that people know they're needed mm -hmm. yeah because i think there's um there's kind of uh, research now isn't there that one of the things that helps our well-being is um uh, a, a kind of sense of connection to others and mm. I think that's what you're describing isn't yeah, it that we, yeah. from that we kind of as you say we're fed and we're nurtured by just by giving we we are connecting closer to other people yeah that sounds absolutely. like yeah that's yeah. what you're saying yeah yeah so um I was just if we can talk a little bit kind of you were saying about that was a dark time for you you were very very depressed was there a, was there a sense for you of um uh how it got to that actual point i mean is that okay to talk about yeah yeah you yeah. talk about anything I'm okay. absolutely fine i'm i i'm i'm i often when we're talking about these kind of things i will find myself checking in because yeah, you yeah. know because i want to make sure it's yeah. not too distressing for you and and maybe for the listeners mm. but do you have a kind of memory or recollection of of how how it actually got to that point do you know what i haven't um i've had um ect electroconvulsive mm -hmm. therapy and that really wiped a lot of my memories yes. out, which some bits are good, but some bits are really bad. I can't remember my children growing up before then. Um, I just think it was a, a slow, gradual thing. Um, and then 
I, <laughs> I went to, um, I'd been referred to the psychiatrist. Mm. I went there and saw him and he had to go off to get some papers and I just ran. And I went on my moped then to my friend's house. She wasn't in, so I had no one to speak to. Um, my family, I, I don't know where they were, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went home and I just thought, this is it. And then I took a load of tablets and then gradually I began to get scared and I I phoned my occupational health nurse mm-hmm. who, who came over and saved me, I suppose, yes, by yes. calling the ambulance. But I have so little recollection mm. of before then. I can just remember I was desperately unhappy. Mm. Yeah. Um, even though I had two beautiful young children, you know, they were just the world. No, I remember now, it's come back. My ex-husband was in the army, we were in Germany. Um, I'd been to England and um, my eldest daughter is about two then mm-hmm. um, and I were flying back and um, I took a pregnancy test and, and I was pregnant, lost it the next day, which is bizarre. Yeah. And I'm very clinical about it. Um, it didn't seem to affect me at all, but I got postnatal depression and mm. I couldn't work out how do you get postnatal depression when you haven't got a baby? I mean, I think I was 18 weeks pregnant. Right. Um, and honest and truthfully, losing that baby didn't affect me, but it obviously affected mm. my hormones, and I don't think I recovered. Yeah. So I think that was the start of okay. it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I guess there's a kind of, as you say, there's a hormonal thing there. And, and uh, as you say, it didn't make sense because there was uh, no baby as such, but... Mm. I guess there's an it's a sense of loss isn't it yeah yeah Which can, it affected my ex-husband way more than it yeah, did me actually yeah, yeah. i think yeah that makes sense um <clears throat> and bringing it kind of back to the to the to the here and now where where are you where are you now and where are your family with with that now do the children remember any of those things no they don't remember but they've heard me talk about yeah. it many many times um mum and dad they've supported me forever they're mm-hmm. most brilliant parents um and I, well, I hate what i could have done to them um my kids are, are just brilliant and um, jan my new husband mm-hmm. new husband 26 years in december <gasps> a couple of weeks um don't no, forget not, the 23 years <laughs> remember the date <laughs> i hope he's not listening <laughs> um yeah um it's changed me completely. Um, Jan is just such a rock, mm-hmm. so that's helped me. Um, you know, I'm still a bit like up and down, um, but not like I used to be. It's a, a normalish up and down. Yeah. I occasionally get um, a bit. I wouldn't say depressed, but low. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, when I like, I've had to have six weeks off. That was really tough. Not being with my friends and not working there, that that was tough. But 99.9% of the time I'm just really happy and content I've got grandchildren now which just how can you yeah. be depressed with amazing grandchildren yeah, like yeah, I have yeah. um, I just hate depression so much mm-hmm. that I fight against it one of the things that really really helps and I've said this to many friends and, and colleagues that when they hear like the voices coming to your head that you're rubbish you're no good mm. I actually Um, have said out loud which might sound really crazy but it works Um, and I I say out positive things about myself and someone explained it once and they said like if you get a um, an earworm or something what's it called when you've got this song in your head and you can't get rid of it the only way to get rid of that is to sing a different song 
Um, and so if you've got all these negative thoughts, by speaking positively, pos positively, um, it drowns them out and it really does work. Another friend of mine, she used to put post-it notes all around her house to say, you are okay, you are good, you are worth living for and things like that. But I think there's nothing stronger than the spoken word. Mm positively and negatively absolutely because that reminds me that quite often in um kind of uh, some of the therapy we do that uh, we people often will be talking about those very self-critical language that mm. narrative they have about themselves of mm. you know you're useless i'm useless i'm yeah. rubbish i'm no good i'm worthless and uh, and part of the process is actually kind of identifying that and then finding ways to to change that language and just exactly what you said yeah. and whether it works to to say it out loud or to sing the the opposite to yourself mm. or put post-it notes up or some visual cues to remind you that actually uh, that's that's not true yeah all they are are thoughts mm. um can be really really useful process of kind of ch changing that way of thinking because it's it's that way of thinking that once people start to believe those thoughts or truths mm. does that make sense yeah, yeah. It, you start to believe difference. that yeah and they're not truths that all they are thoughts yeah and it sounds like you've kind of been through that process yeah in, in and, many ways you know i still have to fight it now yeah. there <clears throat> seems to be a tendency in me but i fight it and mm -hmm. my faith is a big part of that and you know rather than just speaking out loud i pray out loud mm -hmm. as well because that drowns those negative thoughts and it's so important you know, I've had young volunteers that have been there and I say it to them and they think, oh, you're really odd. And it works. Mm. It really does work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about finding the way that works for you, isn't it? Is mm. the, the, the principle is the same. It's about uh, not stopping to stopping believing those negative thoughts about mm. ourselves. But the process can be different for everybody. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So some people will kind of find, I don't know, exercise is quite a common thing isn't it for people mm. to do instead of kind of sitting and dwelling on those thoughts but yeah, you never find me doing that <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you know but for other people it's talking to friends or there's a whole range of things it, it kind of doesn't matter as long as the, the, the works. process works absolutely. absolutely yeah okay so I mean just uh, coming I'll come back, coming back to Tracy in a second if that's okay just that reminded me of just something to do with the um the second half of the show that one of the things we'll be talking about is some general information about kind of suicide to put it into a context but uh, we will try and talk about some ideas that might be helpful for people who are feeling suicidal and some kind of kind of ideas that might be helpful to help people through that mm. process um okay <clears throat> sorry excuse me so tracy you were sort of saying about your your experience uh 25 years ago it must be because i've been with jan 23 years right yeah so it's definitely before him mm -hmm. it might even be longer than that mm -hmm. showing my age now and and uh, i i think you're saying after that what what do we call it that attempt yeah yeah because it's all about the language you use uh so after that attempt you were in hospital for a while it mm -hmm. sounds like that part of that was unhelpful part of it might have been helpful and i'm not yeah. sure what is it possible to identify what things have been the most helpful for you? Definitely my face for me. Okay. Um, but also when I was in the hospital, I made some really good friends. Mm -hmm. And when we were allowed out for the day, I had this battered old, uh, uh, battered mini and we'd go there. It's almost like you could walk on the road with all the um, holes in it. And we mm -hmm. used to go to the beach 
and it was a really rocky beach, a bit like um, Newgate, but yeah. big rocks mm -hmm. as well. And the waves were just huge. And that just cleared my mind. Just sitting with waves, um, thinking about things. It made me more positive. Mm -hmm. When my friends came, we just sat in silence and listened to the waves. And I don't know how that worked, but it did. Um, well, because I was gonna, I was as, as you were saying that, I was thinking, and I, and I and I want to ask, you know, what was it about that 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 was helpful? Know. Do you think? I've always loved the water, mm -hmm. but I, I just the sound of those crashing waves mm. did something to me. And even now, if I go to the beach, I feel really, really different. Right. But, well, it's interesting actually. It, on that specifically, two things come to mind. Is um, I don't. One of my sisters always says to me, well, if you're feeling kind of blue or down, go to the water. And, and for her, it, she says, oh, there's positive ions coming out of the water. I, I don't know anything about that, but it, it works. Uh, I was also thinking, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, people talk so much now about mindfulness, don't they? But maybe there's something in that, that mm -hmm. actually on the beach or with the waves, you're in that moment. All you've got is the sound yeah. and the and the feel of the wind, and you can taste it almost. Yeah, can't you? and you don't feel alone. Yeah, which is weird because if you are sat there by yourself, which mm -hmm. I very often was, mm -hmm. I never felt alone, and yet I always felt alone. And yeah, I could have doesn't matter how many friends, I was almost by yeah. myself. Yeah. I mean, depression is a very lonely place to be, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's horrible. I mean, you know, there's some, lots of cliches about it, but you can be, you know, alone in a crowd of friends or alone amongst your loved ones. Yeah, and that's hardest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't mind being by myself, but when you go and there's lots of people and you feel alone, that's mm. just yeah horrible. Yeah, and it sounds like that's kind of where you were. Yes, uh, I'm just sorry. I've, I've not been interacting because I've just literally been listening. And that was, uh, yeah, that was very cool. You're very open and you're very, very brave, Tracy. Just going to cut to a little bit of music now, if that's okay with you. Get a glass of water, freshen yeah, the palate, and we'll be back in about, uh, about four or five minutes' time.
And there we had Chocolate 1975, and before that was Heaven Must Be Missing an Angel by the Tavers. So, welcome back to Healthy Minds, Healthy Lives show here with Bram and Hector, and also our very special guest, <laughs> Tracy Ollin. And we're now going to go live on Facebook as well. We had a technical hitch, but all that is fixed. So, sorry to interrupt you there, guys. I, uh, you were absolutely being honest as anything, Tracy, which I'm sure everyone was finding as, um, as appealing and amazing as I was then fair play to you Um, well no I mean this is this is the whole (laughs) point this is why we talked and talked about the show for a long time wasn't it Hector we did yeah we we were uh, and it's interesting because at the beginning of the show I think I was saying that people are scared of talking about it and and Bram and I were a bit anxious about broaching this subject Mm. and talking about it totally yeah just because it's a very sensitive thing and we're not sure how people are going to react to talking about this but I think the conclusion we came to was if you're talking about mental health you can't really ignore it you know you know absolutely Uh, I mean a bit later on we I've got some kind of statistics and and things in fact I've got one in front of me now and it and I'm just going to read it It says there were 6,859 suicides in the UK and Republic of Ireland in 2018 that's an awful lot and so you so to as we were saying to have a have conversations about mental health and ignore suicide is um it's a bit of a kind of contradiction really isn't yeah it? i think it is necessary to talk about it and the more we talk about it the more people will talk about it and yes. hopefully the less suicides we'll have yeah absolutely and so just kind of recapping so tracy's really kindly come in here and she's just been talking to us about her experience some years ago of um attempting suicide uh, by overdose and some of the things that are, that were helpful and during the break I was thinking you were saying that at the time it felt like it's kind of the best thing to do for everybody else and that really negative way of thinking mm. of what's the point of me being here and in in kind of mental health work we often talk about uh, like protective factors the things that might make us want to kind of stay mm. and, and stay alive but it was you know like and they're often family but it sounds like for you in those moments or in those hours or days whatever it was that that kind of slipped away in a in, yeah in, because everyone would have been better off without me but i had a blip oh we were back in southampton so over 15 years mm-hmm. ago and it almost got to um, a time when i was well i was contemplating suicide and again i was thinking oh, my girls can go to their dad, Jan can get a better wife and all of this. And then who's going to look after my dog? Yes. And um, and that really stopped me doing it. And I know lots of people with poor mental health have mm. animals yes. and they keep them going. Um, and my Ernie really did. He was a crazy dog. And I loved him so much that he kept me going. So my dog saved my life, really. Mm. Um I've All spoken. I've spoken like to a number of people over the years who have said exactly that. Who said actually, there's something about the 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 kind of, and more often often it's often been a dog. Yeah, you know, that's kind of been the the kind of the last pal, if you like. That was that was worth sort of. Well, they know everything about you. Staying around for. I remember when when he died. My dad said, "You know, he's been with you all the time, and that's why it hurts so much." Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, it really was because my brothers died and. I don't feel quite so bad. And then I felt really, really guilty because, you know, he's a dog. Um, but he was. He was with me all the time for about 18 years. So, yeah. 
and he saved my life so it's really important yeah and a constant companion as well that's what yeah. people often say and i guess i don't know i don't have any uh kind of religious beliefs myself and we've talked about this before on previous shows a little bit but it sounds like there's a kind of would there be a companionship in your belief as well for you absolutely yeah. i mean both times that i got to that stage i wasn't going to church mm-hmm. um but when i was in hospital um there was this big family that used to come in and see their son and there was this guy that came with them and he was like a a giant there and I heard them praying and I ran away I didn't want God to know go away leave me alone Um, and then when I got better and actually went home I said to my ex-husband we need to go back to Mm. church and it was the church literally around the corner and when I went there I wouldn't talk to anybody. I mean, people cannot believe that was me. But even when I came out of hospital, I didn't talk. Mm-hmm. I just sat and looked miserable, I suppose. Um, and then I gradually got better. And I, I really believe that's because they were praying for me and looking after me. I remember a couple invited me for lunch um, when my ex-husband mm-hmm. left. I was all by myself then with my girls. And they were with their dad. And I went to lunch and I didn't talk to them at all. How they managed, I don't know. But, you know, they're still good friends. And um, and then gradually they couldn't stop me talking again, <laughs> which is where I'm at now. Tracy's um, back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. I remember this prayer so well. The, the leader of our church prayed and said, oh, thank God for Tracy. We never had a word out of her. And now we can't shut her up. <laughs> and I think many people think like that now. <laughs> and, and it's interesting you were saying, because you've said it a few times, that actually the things that have been really helpful are kind of reaching out and, and eventually talking to other people, having yeah. a bit of silence. Uh, and that made me think that, I don't know whether you agree, but do you find that generally most people are kind, have a kindness about them Absolutely. more than we kind of sometimes imagine yeah, or believe? Yeah, I don't think we give credit to yeah. the people we know. There's, I mean, nobody, I don't think, would actually steer away from mm. someone that was so desperate. Um, and I see in my job all the time, the mm-hmm. kindness of people is just amazing, especially here, more so in Southampton, because it's such a good community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people really seem to like each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it, it is, I mean, community here is, is something huge, but we still have the social isolation as well, which is a big problem because yes. of it being so rural. Um, and I think, you know, I go to Tesco's for a pint of milk and I could be there for two hours mm. because everyone stops to talk even the people at the tills in the local supermarkets they talk to you mm. as if they've known you forever and actually that's one of the reasons we moved here um, we were looking at houses and we went um, to a cafe and there were young people drinking coffee and speaking to each other and saying hello as you walk past and mm. I'm thinking what is this strange place <laughs> but I really really appreciate the community here yeah. and yeah. I think that must help a lot of people well, yeah, and I think that's partly what, what I was thinking that actually, because one of the things we know is is, is if, if people are feeling that kind of desperate and that low, if they can reach out and, and talk to other people. Mm. And I, I think it's just trying to instill that kind of belief and that hope that that most people, if we reach out to them, are yeah. do actually want to help. People yeah. generally care and are kind, yeah. which, which kind of leads me on to the, the next thing. Uh, and I'm not looking for kind of top tips, but I am really, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but if 
Because I think that people can be scared to have that conversation, that if they're worried about somebody else who might be suicidal or having those kind of thoughts and those feelings, what to say. Mm -hmm. Often people have said to me, well, oh God, I c there's nothing, what can I do? Yeah. Uh, what, I know what I think I would say, but what do you think would be helpful for people to do and say in those situations? Do you have any thoughts about yeah, that, Tracy? Yeah, I mean, I've done the mental health training, is mm -hmm. it? Um, and they helped a lot about speaking to people and asking them direct. I mean, this is one of the things that was instilled by my parents is to, you know, my, my mum lost um, my sister before I was born at a very young mm. age and people would walk across the street because yes. they didn't know what to say to yes. her. So she's always said, be blunt, go straight to it. And I do that even Good. for mental health. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, and just something you mentioned earlier on, sorry to interject into the side there. Don't go into detail about it, but we had a conversation about a mutual happening. Mm. What did you say you did with that person? Gave him a hug and, and cried with and her. And cried with them. Yeah. And I think that's key. You yeah. just naturally went... We didn't went, say anything. We just hugged no, and you cried. you didn't need to because the situation yeah. just, just did what it did. Yeah. And yeah. that is important. But if you don't know what they're thinking, just ask them and yeah. not say you think you're doing something mm. stupid mm. oh that's such a horrible word i mean that stupid was banned from my house <laughs> but are you going to do something to kill, kill are you yeah. planning to kill yourself even yeah. use the word like we said yeah, earlier on i use that word you know i was just going to say is that um uh, do something stupid would that be kind of a, a definite no-no if you're gonna for have, me yeah i hate that word yeah. stupid yeah. yes I because really you've got do. to understand the state of mind to the mm. person at yeah. the time mm. It's not stupid. It's you said Most clarity. Thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's a horrible word. Uh, absolutely. Because uh, I know I keep bringing this back to kind of mental health work, but that's what I do all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but w one of the things that uh, I remember when I was kind of early in my career and early in my training, people were saying to me who who weren't experienced in these things, oh, well, you can't ask the question. You can't say, are you suicidal? Are you thinking of killing yourself? Because it'll put an idea yes. in your head. <laughs> and I kind of took that on board very briefly. But now I think you're absolutely right. Mm. Because if you, it, I think it actually just opens up. Yeah. It gives kind of uh, permission almost to say, I am feeling this. But or I'm, no, I'm not. Or no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or does it make the person vocalize it and then make it real and make them stop and think about it? Probably. Yeah. I mean, after that training. Is that the mental health first aid? That's it, mental health yes, first aid yeah. training, which I totally recommend. I mean, actually. Yeah. Um, within days, I had two people in that situation. I don't know why I attract people that, well, because they know I've been there and done it and almost got and the section. And you're very honest about yeah. it, Tracy. And, um, you know, they, they were planning to mm. kill themselves. Yes. And there was a group of us around this woman um, who was came in crying and they and I said are you thinking of killing yourself and the whole group was not big group they were ah how can you say that and she went yeah yeah um and then a gentleman the next day um and it was really important because then it also I think perhaps says oh this person really understands yeah it definitely does you know, rather than are you planning to do something stupid yeah I'm gonna I don't know, rob a shop or something. It could be. Stupid means anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean 
I'm about to kill myself. Oh, and I guess the worry with the kind of using that kind of language, the word stupid, uh, maybe it would just come if if somebody is kind of living with those really negative thoughts and beliefs mm. about themselves, about being useless, useless and pointless, and that that could well just compound it. Oh well, yeah, I am stupid. So yeah, it, you know, just reinforce that that way of thinking. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things we were kind of saying, wasn't it? That uh, that to reach out to other people is really helpful, and and most people kind of are willing to to help. Um, and some people are. And I was thinking it's also to kind of broaden the conversation out. It's that sense. It's about um, how we react to kind of grief and and mm. bereavement and things. Like you said, your 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 mum experienced yeah. that people would cross the road and they don't know what to Just say. Don't know what to say. Yeah. It's and, rather and, taboo, isn't it? Yeah, and for me, I, th- I think it's not. We're not having to find an answer. Mm. It's just being there, isn't it? Like Showing you said, care. like you and Bram were just saying, you know, recently, uh, you show your care, and whether that's giving them a hug or just sitting with people or just being there, is I often. I think physical contact mm-hmm. is is huge. That that makes a big big difference. Mm. I think that's why we probably used to always shake hands. Yes. You know, even though that's a bit weird now. I I like people that come and shake hands rather than. Oh, I say no, no, something I always do. I have to be honest. If I meet someone for the first time, or meet a new client, or meet anyone in any situation, you introduce me to someone. The first thing I would do is I would extend my hand. Yeah, I think mm. it's important. Mm. Yeah. And what what in the context of what we're talking about? What do you think it is about that human contact that's so helpful? What what was it help? What was helpful about that for you then, Tracy? Know. But with my <laughs> with my friend actually giving her a hug and crying together I felt very connected to mm-hmm. her and I it was almost like you I think there's a, been a diagram of people almost drawing some of the pain out yeah um and it felt like that a little bit to say it's it just said I care so much mm. um which was genuine I, I really do and it was so good to see her to know that she's okay-ish um i don't know physical contact's important Mm -hmm. especially for people that are perhaps by themselves you know just putting your hand on their shoulder Mm -hmm. but it's not pc to do that Mm -hmm. well i don't care because people (laughs) need it and i'd rather be real than i mean yeah maybe i think you kind of touched on something there that as we were saying earlier whether we're in a crowd of people or living on our own that sense of isolation that comes with depression Mm -hmm. is is kind of all-encompassing isn't it and maybe yeah. a, a physical touch just connects us reconnects us with, yeah. with other human beings and, and we need that kind of um that connectivity um i just earlier on you were saying i was sort of saying what what helped and you said going to the sea and just being on on the on the beach there with the waves and things did anything else did you i mean for example uh, nowadays people would probably have uh Kind of like talking therapies and those didn't kind of... exist then. Oh my goodness! <laughs> did you did you exp- have any of that? Did, I mean, what else helped? I actually had a community psychiatric nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she well, I had two, and they were amazing. So much help. Mm. Um, I was on so many drugs; it was unbelievable. I think I was on before I came up here. I was on fourteen drugs, and that's when I was much better than when right. I yeah. tried to take my life. Um, and, you know, it was drugs to counteract the side effects mm. of other drugs and all that. And one day I just, and I do not recommend this, I just <laughs> By stopped the way. it all. Yeah, which is really stupid. It, oh, 
said that word, daft thing to do <laughs> is to just stop your drugs. Um, but the psychiatrist didn't mind. Mm -hmm. But they were amazing. Even now, although I'm really open, if I'm having a bad day, I won't go and talk to people and tell them. I'm still quite ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my past mm -hmm. at all. But if I have a bad day today, I'm really, you know, now I'm really ashamed mm -hmm. of it. And that is so, so wrong. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm, you know, I can tell everyone out there how silly that is, that you mustn't be like that. And yet I do it to myself. Yeah. Doesn't happen often, but it. And do you find that kind of um, shame and guilt kind of quite, quite often goes hand in hand with depression? That's, yeah. you know, there's. Well, everything's of, your yeah. fault if yeah. you're in that place. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm kind of mindful that we're going to be going to the. We are coming up to the news, unfortunately. I don't want to interrupt you because the flow is amazing, but uh, we are coming up to the news, okay. unfortunately. I've got a couple more questions. I know, Tracy, yeah, you're going to be leaving in, in a couple of minutes, but do we need to go to the news now? I'm just kind of checking up on the on the flow of the show. Uh, it would probably be better if we cut now. Are you happy to stay for I'll an extra for 10 bit, minutes yeah. afterwards? Cause you might hear my tummy rumbling because I haven't had dinner do yet. Do you want me but... to go and get you a kebab or something? No, thank you. <laughs> There's a place just over the no, road. I'm fine, Chicken fine. wings? Okay, no, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you very much guys it has been brilliant thank you very much to everyone watching on facebook now have the feed coming up we'll be right back in roughly about 10 minutes with more healthy minds and healthy lives with our very very special guest tracy Orlin. see you in a moment thank you <laughs> Sometimes I feel a little mad But don't you know that knowing a life can always be nature When things go wrong I seem to be bad
Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio. From Stackpole to Spittle. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. New latest news for Pembrokeshire. I'm Jonathan Quigg. Tenby Cottage Hospital, becoming a healthcare hub for the area, and matters concerning the town's doctor's surgery, were on the list of topics discussed last month at a meeting in the New Hedges Village Hall of the South East Pembrokeshire Community Health Network, attended by the NHS County Director Elaine Lawton, Debbie Morgan, and New Tenby Surgery Practice Manager Matt McGovern. The importance of the integration of the health and social care project built around the needs of everyone from birth to death was outlined. The health board needs to connect with the society to provide care in the right place, either in hospital or at home. The plan is for the hospital in Tembury to become a healthcare hub for the area as getting appointments remains problematic and supplies of equipment and medication has been stored for three to six months in view of an impending Brexit. Potential new buyers for the troubled 60-bedroom Fishgar Bay Hotel had until Friday to submit a bid to purchase the iconic building in Goodick overlooking the Irish Sea following Northern Powerhouse Developments entering administration. It had been run by the Shell family since 1959 before being sold two years ago and any profit from the sale would be distributed among investors according to how much they invested. Fears have been expressed to Simon Harp, prospective Conservative MP for South Pembrokeshire and Carmarthenshire, about a waste transfer station planned for the Royal Historic Dockyard, Milford Haven Port Authority's Applied and Natural Resources Wales, for a licence to operate the WTS, which would store bales of fuel made from waste. A previous similar operation had its licence removed after problems with smells and flies. There is an expected increase in lorry traffic through Pembroke Dock, Close to the site is the hospital. Historic parts of the dockyard, including the Grade 2 listed Pickling Pond, will be lost if this development goes ahead, with National Rivers Wales extending the consultation period to allow for further comment.